All right, church, y'all ready for the word? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It is absolute truth. Father, we thank you that it has the power to go forth and change lives right where they are. Thank you for already doing that in advance. Father, we thank you for the families that are here at this appointed time, Father, that you would bless them with your word, that you would build them up, that you would edify them with your word, Father, your word of love, of hope, having a confident expectation of good. Thank you for qualifying us by the blood of Jesus. We receive it all today in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. amen. All right, so let me talk to you a little bit about how the, the, the world system is. You guys have been around a while. Some of you, you know how the world system is. Uh, I work for a company. I've worked for companies all my life. So you go to a company, and do they, if I'm qualified for that company, and they pay me because of my qualifications, what happens if I all of a sudden am no longer qualified for that position? Do they keep me on, or do they let me go? They let us go, right? That's the worldly system. So the world system is depending upon what you can do for your company. Amen? I mean, as long as you're performing for your company, they'll keep you. If you stop, you're disqualified, they'll, they'll toss you. They'll bring somebody else on, right? Uh, that is the worldly system. However, the kingdom of God is the only one that operates where you can't do anything for the Father. He gives you everything freely. That's the only kingdom in the world that's like that is the kingdom of our Father. So this is what I wanted you to start out with is the, the, uh, the great grace is what God uh, does for you. It's what he gives you. You can't give God grace. I, I remember all of a sudden, hey, let's, let's give, give grace. Like, who are you giving grace to? How about we, let's receive grace. Amen? Because re- words matter. Let's receive grace because you can't give grace to God. You can't give him favor. <laughs> he has the favor. He gives it to you. And so really, guys, it's a mind switch, man. We got to understand that everything that God has, he freely gives to us, freely. Now, it cost him his son. It wasn't cheap, amen? But he freely gives you everything. That's, that's the, the kingdom system of God. That he, he's the one that supplies. He's your supplier, your provider, amen? And you can't lose it because it's not based on your qualifications. It's based on you being qualified by the blood of Jesus. Big difference. So let's go straight to Scripture, uh, Matthew 12. Uh, it's, Jesus says, but when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed some of them. Isn't that amazing? Like, like, like Jesus healed every single person. He didn't say, nah, I ain't got time, man. I got to get to my next appointment at the well. Did he say that? No, man. He had time to heal everybody. He's still doing that today, church. He's still healing people today. Well, what about death? People die all the time. But let me tell you something. In Christ, they're completely healed when they die on this earth. They're completely healed. Whatever they had, they're more alive in heaven today than they were when they were here. Amen? Yet he warned them not to make him known. That always bugged me. That always got me. I'm like, why didn't Jesus want people to know that he was there healing people so no one could take credit for it? Why wouldn't Jesus let people know that? Uh, that it might be fulfilled, uh, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Now, Isaiah prophesied about Jesus. Now, he said this is what he's going to look like when he comes. These are the qualifications that he's going to have when he comes. Now, Jewish people thought he was coming on this big white horse. with a sword. Like He was going to kill all their enemies, Rome, all that. They were going to be done for because Jesus, the mighty king, was coming, right? Now, is he king? Yes. But did he come like that? No, he's a humble king. A humble king, right? So 
uh, behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he will declare justice to the Gentiles. Justice to the Gentiles. Not shame, not guilt, not condemnation. Jesus, Isaiah prophesied about Jesus bringing justice, a message of justification to the Gentiles. That's a beautiful thing, man. I never saw that before. He came, even prophesied by Isaiah, that his message would be of justification. Which we know justification comes by the finished work of Jesus. I love that, right? Uh, He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoking flax he will not quench. Now, how many of you guys have heard that verse before? This time I had to stop. I'm like, okay, (laughs) what is a bruised reed? And what the heck is a smoking flax? Right? And what does that have to do with this? So I want to show you something, okay? I think it's pretty cool. So a bruised reed, these are reeds. These are found in Jerusalem, right? They're reeds. Uh, People use them for canes. Uh, People use them to measure things with. People uh, use, uh, kids use those to make musical instruments. They make flutes out of them. And uh, they are a dime a dozen over there. I mean, a bruised one or a crushed one is what the word means, like if it's crushed. What do they do with it? Just throw it away. And do what? Get another one. Right? What happened when you were a kid and you and you and you had a, your favorite stick? What happened when that thing broke? You just went and got another one. Didn't you? So there are a dime a dozen over there. And what he's saying is, if you go back to the verse about the a, a bruised reed he will not break. Literally meaning that if you if you if you're bruised, if you're broken, he's not gonna break. He's not going to toss you aside. He's not gonna just going to throw you away and get another one. Now that verse makes sense now because he just healed them all. They were all broken. They were all bruised. They were all crushed. But Jesus saying right there, what he's saying is, I will not, when Isaiah was prophesying, Jesus will not throw you away, church, because you're broken, because you're bruised, because you've been crushed. You know why? Because he loves you. So many people say, man, you keep sinning, he's, just, he's not going to use you anymore. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I was told because I was divorced, I was unusable in the church. Now, I say this humbly. Am I usable in the church? And here's another humble statement. God is no respecter of persons. Every single one of us is usable in the church. And when I say church, I mean church. So don't anybody disqualify you. Jesus doesn't. Right? And he says, a smoking flax. Now, I thought that was a little... I'm going to show you what it is. But what I thought it was was not what it is. All right. Uh, there's a picture of a smoking flax. So they would put oil in it, and there would be a wick that goes from that side to that side. And that wick was made out of linen, a little piece of linen, right? And uh, they had frankincense in there, whatever it is. They, they had that stuff today, the oil, the thing. My, my, sometimes my house, be, it smelled like, I'm like, baby, what is that, frankincense? You walk into our bedroom, you're like, dang, what you got? You got some lavender going right there, girls? What is that? Is that going to heal me or something? Because th- th- those oils do. Those oils do. They, there's a biblical book, I mean, a book based on, uh, on Bible verses where those oils come from. They did a presentation here in our church to the ladies. Dwayne and I came in here. We were like, oh, what's this? 
you get migraines, they have one that you put on your temples. You know, what, you know anybody know what that one is? Peppermint. Yeah. And you can put it on your tongue. You can put it in your tea. I'm not even getting paid for all that, man. What's up? But you put oil in there, right? And the wick. So, so, so that's a smoking flask right there. So, so what happens when that, when that flame goes out? What happens when the flame goes out? It's just smoke. And if the flame goes out, and, and, and there's no, or if it gets wet, right, it, it, it's producing smoke, but it's not producing the incense. And there's a lot of believers today who's been, they've been burned out by church. They've been burned out by the world. And, and they're, they're producing smoke, but it's not an incense. It's not going up to God. And God's saying, hey, that's okay. I'll still use you because I won't quench you. And that's a beautiful thing. That's what that means. I, it took me years to figure out that. But when you stop sometimes, when the Lord puts that on your mind, just stop and research it. The answers are right there. He's like, you, you've been looking for this. It's been here the whole time. What he's saying is when that flame goes out, you know what else? That flame is made out of linen. It, linen, linen is a dime a dozen. They can just cut another piece and put it in there. He's saying, no, I won't do that. I'm not going to replace you. I'll reignite that flame. We trust in him. And that's what I love about this whole section, this whole, this whole scripture, this passage of scripture. Is Jesus is not just going to throw you away. He never will throw you away. Never, ever, never. And this is the coolest part. This is the last part. So a bruised reed he will not break and a smoking flax he will not quench till he sends forth justice to victory. So he doesn't quench you. He doesn't throw you away. He gives you victory. Executed by justice. That's what he does. So he doesn't just throw you away. Instead, he gives you victory, church. That's how good he is. That's how much he loves us. So don't ever feel like you can't be used by God again because of your feelings, your emotions. Your emotions are not always the truth. They're not. I felt like dying one time. I felt like not being around. I felt like the world would be better off without me. I did. Anybody else feel like that? I did. But that was a lie. That, but that was my emotion. And it was real in here, but it wasn't the truth. And when the Lord said, hey, that's not for you. I tried to take my own life. And, it, and God said, no, nah, not yet. Not yet. Nope, not going to happen. Good try. But I got plans for you, son. I'm going to use you. You can't see it now, but trust me, it's coming. Amen. And so don't let the world disqualify you. And more importantly, don't let yourself disqualify you with your own thoughts. I can't do this. This is not for me. God couldn't use me that way. Some of y'all are like, I, you could never do what I do. But I used to say that. So be careful. <laughs> Brother Eddie up there preaching, man, I could when the spirit came on Brother Eddie, boy, I was like, oh, Boy, I was holding on. I, was, I never leaned back in the pew. I was always on the edge of the pew listening to every word that was coming out of his mouth. I knew the spirit was on him, man. And I said, man, I could never do that. And now I'm like, this is my favorite thing to do. And I only get to do it for 30 minutes every Sunday. <laughs> Give or take. <laughs> All right, First Corinthians 1. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? That's debater. You, anybody, ever, anybody know any debaters? 
They debate me about my message all the time. What about this? What about this? Don't worry about that. Man, you ain't got to go up and defend the message. Either they receive it or they don't. You live your life. You live your best life. I look like Joel. <laughs> live your best life. <laughs> Whoo! Anyway, uh, for since in the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God, for since in the wisdom of God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save uh, those who believe. For Jews request a sign. They were always looking for a sign, right? Uh, and, and the Gentiles seek after wisdom. That's why you see those dudes in togas all the time in the, in the middle of the uh, arena, right? They're talking about wisdom. They're debating one another. That's how it was back in the day. All right? But, whoo, but we preach Christ crucified. What did Paul preach? He didn't just preach Jesus. He preached Jesus crucified. What does that mean? The finished work. In other words, this is what his death and resurrection means. Now live life. Amen? You can't live life under the law because the law is the ministry of death, the Bible tells us. The law is the ministry of condemnation. In other words, the more you try to keep the law, the more condemned you feel because you can't. Amen? Um, oh, uh, to the Jews, a stumbling block. And to the Greeks, foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. That is the, the wisdom of God. It's, it's, it's Jesus Christ crucified. Now, if you're a Jewish person and you see a man hanging on a cross, bleeding, beaten, being mocked, that looks like somebody lost. So that's foolishness to the world. They're like, look at that man, he's bleeding. How's that victory? But to us, that is victory. Him hanging on a cross. We're like, man, he ain't losing. He's defeating death. We are victorious because of that. But if you're not a saved, if you're not Christian, that cross is ridiculous to you. And Satan tries to make it ridiculous. That's why he brings these cults on. Had the same kind of thing. Because to the world, man, Jesus was just a person. He may have been a prophet, but he was just a person. He died on the cross, and they can't understand why people are still filling churches today worshiping him. Because he was a man beaten. How can you worship that? He's dead. He's not dead. They don't get it. So Satan knows that. Satan knows he's alive. Satan knows he's defeated. So he'll send cults. He'll put pastors on the on the pews to, to, to put you back under bondage because he doesn't want you to know how victorious you are. But not here. We know. You know? I know. Do you know what I know? Because I know what you know. We should all be doing the same thing. All of God's claims were fully met on the cross. All of them. Every single claim God had was met on the cross by Jesus. We couldn't do it. The law was finished. The law was finished. Sin paid for. Life given. All of it was on the cross. And yet the world didn't know it. The Jewish people who knew the law couldn't understand it. Still don't. They just couldn't see how that is victory. They couldn't see it. That's why God chose it. 
because he would get the glory. It's not hard. But religion, 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 and, and, and disqualifying yourself. That's where we're at now. We don't have to, we know that Jesus died, and we know that Jesus died, don't we? The hard part for us now that we're walking out by faith is knowing that every single day that I'm forgiven, that I'm loved unconditionally, unconditionally. There's nothing I can do to earn it. I certainly don't deserve it. But that's grace. It's called favor. And we, all we can do is receive it. And you can't just receive it. That's too high of a gift. No, it's not. Jesus came for me. He knew I needed him. Make it personal, church, because it is personal. It's all about you because of his son. No, it's all about Jesus. No, I agree. But because of that, he came for me. I couldn't give him anything. I certainly didn't go to heaven and save him. He saved me. So, yes, it is about me. It's about his love for me. Now go. That's how you dismiss somebody. not going to put a joke there. First Corinthians, let's keep going. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God. Is God weak? Is God foolish? No, so don't let people say, see, the Bible says God's weak. He's got his moments. Read the whole context, right? Say, you're an idiot. I mean, don't say that. You can think it, but don't say that. <laughs> God is wiser than men. Duh, right? And, and, and the weakness of God is stronger. That, he's saying that God, he's just exaggerating the point. Do you understand? Uh, he says, uh, for you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Now, I was telling the youth, don't, don't just read over that. S some people say the world's wisdom is not of God. It's just there's nobody wise. There's nobody wise. Got to be humble. It says not many. I believe there are some in the world that are wise, God-given, that he knows. And, and I hate it. Okay, listen. It took everything I could to muster this up Wednesday night. But I believe Tim Tebow is wise. And I believe that God gave him a platform to be able to speak God's wisdom. I believe that now. I didn't believe that back then. I'm like, when he was playing, I'm like, crush him! Hit him late like you did Danny. <laughs> some of y'all get that. Some of y'all won't get that. <laughs> but I do. I believe there are some wise. I do. I, I, I've met those guys that are wise, that, 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 are, that God has granted that. And, but they know that his wisdom is more. And so they combine them. All right. So don't let people say it's just foolishness. All man is foolish. I don't believe that because it says not many. Right. Um. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, right? And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty, like the cross. To the world, the cross is weak. That's a, that's a place where criminals die. But yet that one event on that cross, two pieces of wood, three nails, changed the world. Amen? Change the world. Change generations. Open the floodgates of heaven. Defeated death. Defeated Satan and his demonic host. 
that one event. But to the world, that's weakness. Not to God, that's strength. Amen? Beautiful. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. I love that, man. What that tells me is your disqualification, is it, it actually qualifies you. The moment you know you're disqualified, that's when you become qualified. Because the moment you know you're disqualified from all the blessings of God and you need Jesus, the moment you do that, all your qualifications are met. All of them. All you got to do is call upon the name of the Lord. Call upon Jesus. Believe in your heart. God raised him from the dead. In other words, confess Jesus. Believe he's alive today. You're saved. That's too easy. No, that's what the Bible says. Why would God make it hard? We're in this mindset of we got, like we go, we go to school, those tests are hard. They don't give you the answers unless you play basketball and they need you. Or football. Did that ever happen to you? Let's not go against you. It didn't happen to me either. But what I'm saying is, we get in this mindset that, man, tests are hard. They're hard. You got to pass these tests. You got to pass these tests. Even when I went to seminary school, you got to pass these tests or you can't be qualified to be a pastor. If I know, like right now, I would not have gone to seminary school. And I'd still be doing the same thing I'm doing right now. I don't need a piece of paper to tell me that. The Lord tells me that. Amen? Amen. Now, having said that, kids, <laughs> you still got to go to school. Get your education. <laughs> Honestly, because, man, having that education will get you further in life. I've done it both ways. And I found that with an education, I get farther in life when it comes to being able to bless people. Amen? Get that on a roll gift card, man. Are those with an honor roll gift card? I'll take June's. I'll give it to him. And Bella. All right, anyway, moving ahead. Judges, I love this story. Some of you guys know the story of Gideon. It's a beautiful story of being qualified. Amen. Look at this. Now the angel of the Lord. Ever see your capital A? That's Jesus. Precarnate Jesus, right? Uh, Pre-incarnate Jesus. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Oprah, <laughs> which belonged to Joash the Abyssalite. While his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, uh, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Mighty man of valor hiding. Because he's scared to death of the Midianites. Now, anybody know what Midianite means? Strife. Strife, the, the cares of the world, on him, the, the anxiety being on him, bitterness being on him, bitterness toward God. You'd see in the story, he's bitter toward God because God left them out there to be slaves of the Midianites. And so what that means for us today, church, is, is, is there anybody out there that is under strife today in this world? Yeah, there's a lot of us under strife. But you know what the Lord is saying? Because he's the same yesterday, today and forever. Mighty man of valor, rise up. Remember who you are. Remember who you are. Remember who you belong to. Right? The Lord is with you. If the Lord's with us, guys, when we figure this secret out, when the Lord is with us, can't nothing stop us. 
Nothing. You walk around like that. Walk around like we heard last week. The Lord, when we pray, we pray as if we're praying on behalf of Jesus. And you start walking around like that, people, people are drawn to that. You become powerful. And it's his power working through you. You start to see things, see things happening because of your words that you're speaking. You, we haven't heard that growing up. Have you heard that growing up? Things would be different. I disqualify myself to the world. Like I said, I shouldn't be here. To me, I shouldn't be here. The more I focus on me, I'm disqualified. The more I focus on him representing me, I'm qualified. And I don't condemn myself. I don't, I don't have any guilt and shame. I'm not struggling with guilt and shame. I'm not saying I can't do that because I know what I've done. I can't lead. I can't talk. I can't pray over somebody because I know what I've done. Take your eyes off yourself. Put them on the cross because that's where you were qualified. You have to show somebody, where's your degree? <laughs> uh, show them a picture of the cross. That's where I'm qualified to do what I'm doing. I don't need a degree. Peter was a fisherman. Amen? Is that loud? And the angel of the Lord appeared, I love that, you're a mighty man of valor. But I want to show you something else in that story that I missed and I saw it this week. Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, if the Lord is with, he just said the Lord's with you. If the Lord is with us, he's arguing the point. If the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? You feel like you got some strife and you're wondering why God, where is God? Why is this happening to me? Listen, Gideon's no different. Uh, what happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about? Pastor Troy and Pastor Dwayne up there telling us all the time about these miracles. Where are they? Right? Uh, uh, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us. Anybody believe like the Lord left you alone? He's going to let you just do it on your own? That, 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 that you, you don't deserve what, he's, what he can do for you? Right? Um, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the strife. You feel like you've been given over to your anxiety. You've been given over to your problems. Because the Lord's forgotten about you. Or maybe he's holding something against you. It's not true. Because he called him a mighty man of valor. He's like, get all that out of your head. Remember who you are. Uh, then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. What might? He, he's weak. He's arguing. He doesn't believe. He has no faith. What might? Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. For us, go in this might of ours, for you're going to save people out in the world from their strife, from their anxiety, from their fear. Have I not sent you? Are we all sent? Yeah, this is a reminder. Boop, 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 boop. It's a reminder. So he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in, in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Jesus calls that his might. He calls it his weak. He's weak. He's least. Jesus came for those guys. Je those were the ones that would receive from Jesus. The least. The lost, those are the ones that receive from Jesus. And, man, when we get to that point where we say, hey, 
I am weak, and I am the least of all these people that are qualified. Pick somebody else. He says, no, that's your strength. What you call your disqualification is actually your qualification. That's why I'm here. I could have went over there and picked Sebastian. But I'm here. Is Sebastian an Israel man? I could have went to Hosea's house. But I came here. Amen. All right. So he goes. I want to show you. And, and so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream. So, so Gideon, Gideon sent, went down there into the enemy's camp, the Midianites' camp. He went down there. God told him to go down there. And he went down there and he overheard this guy talking about a dream. Well, the guy that was with Gideon interpreted that dream. And that fired Gideon up. And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the, its interpretation that he worshipped. He worshipped. He worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hands. Has it happened yet? Nope, but he spoke it out like it did. He spoke it out like it was already. That's how we pray, church. When you feel anxious, speak out like it's already been dealt with. It's already been given to you. Amen? Um, whoops. Then he divided the 300 men. 300. It's a beautiful story how he got down to 300. Uh, into, into three companies and put a trumpet into every man's hand with empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. So these 300 men, you think of the 300 baddest dudes in the town, right? Nope. And then he's like, hey, man, take this. Take this horn. They're passing out the horn. They pass out the pitchers. And then they light their torch. They're like, all right, you guys are fully armed. They're like, For what? We're going to sing and wash dishes? What, what is this, right? But see, the weak things of this world, God uses. God uses. He even got the number down to 300. Unbelievable, right? And this kind of stuff happens all the time, right? Uh, uh, so they put the pictures in there, uh, verse 17. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. Watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, and I and all who are with me, then you also blow your trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon, right? So Gideon and the hundred men uh, who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch, and they blew the trumpet and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers, and they held the torches in their ha left hand and the trumpets in their, in their right hand. They're like, they didn't know what was happening, right? They're about to go to war, and this is what they're doing. They're looking at each other like, man, I hope this works. Right? Wouldn't that be us? I should. Anyway. Um, and every man stood in his place. Stood. That, that's a place of rest. Trusting what Gideon said was going to happen because they knew the Lord was speaking through them. They stood still, right? They didn't charge. They stood still. Place all around the camp. And the whole army ran and cried out and fled. The Midianites, what is going on? Right? And they fled. When the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against himself. They're like, man, this music is crazy. They started killing each other. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I feel like killing you. 
Like, like he just started, they turned their swords on each other. How many times did that happen in Scripture? Where the Lord, they didn't have to fight. The Lord did it for them. Isn't that beautiful? Well, it's not beautiful, but it is for the Lord's people. Um, against the companion throughout the whole camp, and the army fled to Beth toward Zariah as far as the border of Abel. I didn't look at the meaning of those words, but I'm sure there's some cool stuff in the meaning of those words. But you remember the empty vessel? So you remember the empty, the, the, the pitcher? The, the word literally there is empty vessel. Like they had a light inside their empty vessel, but they didn't know what it was, right? So empty vessel, you think of, you, you think of 2 Corinthians 4, 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. How do you guys know we have a light in us? We have a light in us. And we got to know that's a treasure. That's, a tre- that's our victory because that is the, that's, that's in remembrance of what Christ has done for us. That light in us is life. And sometimes it can be covered up. But man, when you break that, that vessel, when you break it open, your light shines forth and things start to happen. You start to see victory. Amen? Why does God use the weak things? We're going to finish it up right here. Go back to where we started, 1 Corinthians 1. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen, and the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are. So that no flesh, this is why, that no flesh should glory in his presence. No one can say, look at me, look what I did, right? No one can do that. That's why he, get, he uses the weak things. But of him, you are in Christ. Listen, don't forget that. But of him, God put you in Jesus. God put you in Jesus. Amen. You didn't do anything. God put you there. Give him the glory. So God put you in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom. Christ is our wisdom. You you can't go and get books. The stuff that I'm telling you, I didn't read any books. The stuff I'm telling you is God-given wisdom. You have that same wisdom, right? I did read it in some books. And I did see it in some videos. I mean, all that stuff. But God puts it all together, and at the right moment, you put it out. Amen? I didn't have to go get a grade for it. Love that, because I don't like doing that. Uh, Oh, and he's not only wisdom. Look at this. He's your righteousness. He made you righteous. You can't do it. He did it. And he's your sanctification. He's your holiness is what that means. People say you got to be more holy. No, I'm as holy as I'm going to get. Because everything Christ is, I have. Christ ain't getting holier every day. He is holy. The perfect perfection of holiness. So am I. Oh, not only that, he's your redemption. He saved you from your sin. He's all that. Christ is all four of those things that the world tells you, and even some churches, you got to go and get. No, you get Jesus, you get all that. That's what it says. He's all that for you. Uh, that it, as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. Can you stop that? Sorry. Tuna. Sorry. I'm going to need to rewind that. All right. Some of you guys might not know my favorite movie. <laughs> but listen, I want to talk to you about what you do to yourself, how powerful your mind is. Because uh, how many of you guys have seen this movie? It, it's a good movie. Uh, but I want to show you this because this story stuck out to my wife and I. Uh, I know people like this. I used to be like this, guys, where you would condemn yourself in your mind, where you couldn't even step out in, uh, anywhere. I could never step on a stage. I could never do that. I could never, like, step out of my comfort zone because I would condemn myself. I'm disqualified. People are going to see me, and they're gonna, people are going to know who I really am. 
Anybody, you guys, you guys like that? Anybody know anybody like that? You're afraid to step out? Well, we found out that this lady here that plays the bearded person in the, um, in the movie, she was supposed to be a backup singer. She wasn't even supposed to be in that movie. But something happened, and you're about to see it uh, behind the scenes. They, they were pressed for time. They didn't know if this movie was going to make it. They didn't think that the two guys literally wrote this song on the way to L.A. in the plane. They had their keyboard. It shows it in the, in the back. It's pretty amazing. But anyway, uh, the person that was supposed to sing something happened, and they asked her if she would do it, and she was so beat up from her past that she could not do it. But then she did it. She just, by faith, she got up there. She started singing. And you can see a transformation in her. You can just see it. The more people came around her, which I believe is a picture of the church, the more that people come around and encourage you and lift you up, then the real you comes out. The Lord has given us gifts, guys. Now, the difference here is this is a worldly kind of thing because that, how many guys you can change in the world, but sometimes you fall back to it. But in Christ, that's not the case. But this is a beautiful picture of what a transform. It literally happened right here. Her coming out, you're going to see it all. You're going to see her standing behind a podium. You're going to see her coming out, slowly breaking out of her comfort zone. And then she got that lead part in that movie. It's pretty amazing. Y'all ready to see it? It's like four and a half minutes. So if y'all need to leave, suck it up for a few more minutes and sit there. You might need to turn it up a little bit. Benjamin Justin just written this new song called This Is Me. And... Uh, we knew that it was going to be the anthem of the film, um, but no one had heard it before, and no one had heard Kiala sing it live. And Kiala, who I didn't even want to come out from behind the music stand. I didn't. I, I kept saying to her, just step out, because this is your moment, and you have to step out into the ring, metaphorically, because that's what you're doing, and you've got to stand right there in front of everyone and just belt this out. And I didn't want to. In fact, I stood behind that music stand yeah. until the day of that presentation. There was a moment in the song that I actually was so scared that I had to actually grab Hugh's hand so that I had somebody to hold on to. And then we got to the end of the number and all I remember is just deafening, deafening applause. It was a sort of otherworldly experience. It was one of those moments that will stay with me the rest of my life. Unfortunately, we filmed it. I'm not a stranger to the dark
I'm telling you, there's something. That was the first take of that song, too, man. They were back there. They didn't know how it was going to go. They were trying to sell the movie. And she came out of her shell. You could see that. And what I want to remind you of, man, is, is when you say, man, all the stuff that you had that you think disqualifies you. I don't know what it is. You might have depression. You might, have, you might be overweight. You might uh, be addicted to something. It doesn't, guys, listen, the moment you realize that who you are is still usable, usable by your father, man, that's when great power comes in. When you realize your disqualifications qualify you, Man, things start to happen. People start to see hope. They start to say, if that person can do it, I know I can do it. And the Lord is no respecter of persons. He's given us everything we need for this life. And we need to remember who we are. The moment you start to beat yourself up, man, break out of that. Let that, let that vessel break and let that light shine. People need to see it, church. They need to see the hope that we have. Let it out. Amen. Stand up. Give the praise to Jesus. Woo. How many of y'all want to go home and watch it? Yeah. Yeah. I can sing every song right now. Sit down. <laughs> hey, and the kid on the piano looks just like Colton. We call him Colton. You remember the guy that's like. <laughs> I'm going to bring Pastor Dwayne up. I can do this all day. Oh, that guy's funny. Oh, gosh. Come on, y'all. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your word today, God. We thank you for allowing us to come into this place and to just be reminded of what you've done in our lives, God. And helping us to just refocus, Lord, on, on the right things, Lord. And not be overcome by uh, what we experience in the world. Thank you, God, for today reminding us that you didn't come for those who were perfect. You came for the imperfect, the imperfect. You came for the broken. You came for us because you knew we had a need. Because of your great love for us, you came. Thank you for reminding us that our flaws and our failures is what makes us qualified for your grace. For your mercy. If we were perfect, we would not need your grace or your mercy. So, Father, we just thank you for that word. I thank you, Lord, that it did not fall on deaf ears or hardened hearts today, but it fell on ears that were receptive, hearts that were soft. Thank you, Father, for your word penetrating into our hearts and our minds. Thank you for the spirit of repentance that takes place when we hear and make a conscious decision to receive your word. Thank you, Father, for going before us. Father, I speak and command and declare your blessing over each and every person in this place, every household that is represented here, Father. Thank you, Father, for going before us. Thank you, Father, for leading us and guiding us and ordering our steps. Thank you for giving us wisdom and knowledge and understanding and insight. Thank you, Father, for blessing the work of our hands and causing us to be fruitful and to multiply. 
just in the natural, but in the spirit, God. Thank you, Father, for the testimonies that you're going to continue to give us as we go out of this place on mission to accomplish your will. All this we ask and speak and declare and pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Let the church say amen. 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 We are dismissed.